Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 424 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. This is our Weekender edition. It comes out right before the weekend. So we give you two weeks of great things you can try in the worlds of amateur radio and open source. And then we slide into hedonism and talk about food and drink and music and all the things that make life worth living. And I think this is 77? Six. Six. Six, I think, yeah. Oh, because you put it up there, don't you? Yeah, I started doing it last time, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I've got to get used to that now. So, okay, so it's the 76th Weekender. Wow, I don't believe we've done 76 of these things. But anyway, before we get into all of the great things about life, including amateur radio, open source, and hedonism, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right, and we're just going to dive right in. We start off with amateur radio topics on our Weekender edition, and this time we're going to have Bill do the contests that are coming up over the next couple of weeks, as he always does, and uh, we'll let him tell you what you can participate in over the next fortnight. Trigger, trigger, trigger. Trigger, 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 trigger. I am, I'm level like one. You're probably you're yeah. over Fortnite, aren't you now? No, are you not over, I started no? it. No, I started it back up again. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> on that sad note, uh, yeah, these uh, <laughs> contests come from <laughs> come from <laughs> contestcalendar.com, the most wonderful, amazing non-Fortnite contestcalendar.com that there is. Um, here we go. We have uh, this weekend, we have the WAE DX contest that's worked all Europe. If I uh, remember remember correctly, and it starts at zero Zulu August fourteenth to twenty three fifty nine Zulu August fifteenth. Bands there are eighty through ten. No work or sixty meters. Uh, mode is CW. So this is the CW edition of it. And let's see here. What is it? Uh, the many many leading contesters claim the WAEDC or the Wedic 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 anyway to be the most challenging contest to you. Wedic never mind. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I digress. Uh, challenging contest of the year being a true blue DX contest. Only intercontinental D- uh, QSOs between DX and Europe are counted. Exception is the Ritty part, but we don't, we're not doing Ritty. We're doing CWs. So, uh, therefore, the number of DX QSOs here may be similar to the amount of DX usually worked in the CQ worldwide. Uh, at least they hope so. Uh, moreover, the unique features of the QTC traffic adds much fun and another operating challenge to the contest. 
So check out the rule book and you can learn all about that and maybe uh, you know, dust off that key and uh, work some C-dubs this weekend. Uh, also this weekend, we have the Kentucky State Parks on the air. And again, if it's on the air and doing points, it's a contest. So that's why it's here. And this is uh, running a short time on August 14th from 1400 Zulu to 2200 Zulu. Uh, bands there are 160 through 10 meters, no work or 60 meters, of course. Uh, modes are single sideband CW and digital. Uh, only digital modes that are capable of sending the park ID are allowed. So I'm assuming probably not FTA. Uh, what is it? Murray State University Amateur Radio Club <clears throat> brings us this short contest to promote public awareness of ham radio and Kentucky's beautiful state park and national park system to contribute to the recognition that Kentucky has a very diverse and wonderful ecology, uh, to promote camaraderie within the ranks of the Kentucky amateur radio operators, and to encourage contact with other amateur radio operators around the state, country, and world, and to provide additional operating experience for amateur radio operators. So, yeah, sounds like a good fun, nice uh, short time there in the middle of the day. Uh, good time to be out in the park. So uh, catch them over there in Kentucky. Uh, for the state CUSA party challenge and the worked all CUSA parties, we have, uh, oh, gee, Maryland, D.C., so MDC. So uh, be on the lookout for uh, that particular CUSA party if you're interested in collecting MDC as a section uh, or participating in the party challenge. Um, next weekend, what do we have next weekend here? Uh, the North American CUSA party. God, we seem to talk about this all the time. Well, that's because three of them happen. <laughs> <laughs> in succession, like two weeks apart. Uh, so here we go. We we're talking about the North American Cuso Party. This is the single sideband edition. This one runs from uh, 1800 Zulu, August 21st to 0559 Zulu, August 22nd. It's just uh, basically a one-day thing. You know, you to work, work your Saturday. Uh, it's 160 meters through 10 meters. Uh, no work or 60 meters. And, of course, this is the, also the one that you can uh, build a group uh, team of uh, five AMs, and doesn't matter where you are in the country. Um, you guys can make a composite team and, uh, you know, compete in the team scores as well. So it's kind of fun uh, to go ahead and do that. Uh, also, we have the ARRL Rookie Roundup. Uh, this is the Riddy Edition. And this is a short one as well. This is 1800 Zulu to 2359 Zulu, uh, August 22nd. 80 meters through 10 meters, no work or 60. Uh, this is a, an event to encourage newly licensed operators, uh, rookies in quotes, in North America, including territories and possessions, to operate on the HF bands and experience competitive amateur radio operating. Okay. Experienced operators, experienced operators, non-rookies, are strongly encouraged to participate and help new operators either on the air or in person. So it's a great time to bring someone over to your shack as long as they've had their shot. <laughs> or you guys are nice and physically distanced and maybe wear masks or whatever. Whatever it takes to uh, to uh, not spread COVID anymore. And, uh, yeah, you guys can participate together, and he'll teach you or she'll teach you all about Riddy. And this short little, uh, almost a sprint length contest. So, uh, so there you go. And, uh, for the state QSO party challenge for next week, there is none. There are no states on the air specifically for the WAQP or uh, state QSO party challenge. So that's all we got for contests. What do we got for special events? Nothing. No, just <laughs> nada. 
so for special events coming up, we have a few. We have the Ohio D-Day reenactment and World War II living history special event. This will be operating from August 19th through the 22nd, 2000 to 0400 Zulu Daily. Call sign is Whiskey A Delta. Frequencies on are about 1.885, 3.855, and 7.290. They'll be operating CW and phone, but only AM, because they're going to be using World War II era equipment. Uh, it's in Cincinnati, Ohio, using, as I said, period equipment. They'll include an SCR-177B, an SCR-284, an SCR-694, and others. And a link to the information on that will be in the show notes. So check it out. The next one I have uh, has very little information about it uh, as far as the the uh, notification they put on the ARRL, but there's much more information on the website, which, of course, is linked in the show notes and, of course, has the uh, secondary link to the event for which it is a special event. And it's the first train dispatch by Telegraph back in 1851. This will be operating from August 21st, 1400 Zulu to August 22nd, 0200 Zulu. Call signs Kilo to Tango. Lots of operating frequencies, so they'll probably just be all over the bands. They'll be operating CW Digital and Phone, and there will be a certificate downloaded, loadable from the website. You just have to say, did you get a QSO from us? And you put in your deets, and they will uh, match them up with their own and send you a cert. Deets and certs and acronyms and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, source and additional info will, of course, be in the show notes. Check that out. And uh, one we have uh, talked about before, a big one, I guess. The Amateur Radio Software Awards. Uh, they'll be operating at various times and various modes on various bands from August 27th through September 5th. Special event stations are Kilo 2 Alpha, Kilo 2 Romeo, and Kilo 2 Sierra. They'll be operating from Iowa, Colorado, and Washington State to promote free and open amateur radio software. Yay! That's what we do. During the event, the 2021 Amateur Radio Software recipient Jordan Shear will be honored for his JSA call Digital Communications Software. Nominations for the 2022 awards will also be encouraged. Please QSO with a SAZA, self-addressed stamped envelope. The Amateur Radio Software Award is an annual international award for the recognition of software projects that enhance amateur radio. The award aims to promote amateur radio software development, which adhere to the same spirit of it as amateur radio itself, innovative, free, and open. For more information about the Amateur Radio Software Award or a detailed schedule of the special event, check out the link that is in the show notes. So there you go. That's all I got. There's more, but we don't tell you about all of them. You got to do some work for yourself. <laughs> um, it turns out that Tony wants me to mention the Huntsville Ham Fest in our announcement section. <laughs> I was wondering if it had been canceled. <laughs> I see they have a sort of a news thing for uh, from August 11th. Well, it, assuming it's not canceled, it will be on August 21st from 9 to 4.30 and August 22nd from 9 to 3. There will, of course, be lots of vendors and lots of uh, fully market booze and everything else there. It's down in Huntsville, Alabama, of course. Uh, they call it the world's friendliest ham fest. And if it actually happens and it's an in-person event, you'll probably see Tony K4XSS there. <laughs> well, they do. Have, they do have a, a quick news thing. If you want to, if this they, is the they have a PR section. thing. So go ahead and yeah. do the press release. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, just read this real quick. It's a short copy. This was released uh, August eleventh, twenty twenty one. Through the year, we've been encouraged by declining hospitalization rates and positive tests. <laughs> declining Sorry. positive tests. Okay, yeah, go there. Uh, now, in the last few how, weeks, how old the, is that copy? No, yeah, it's just from yesterday. Now, in the past. 
just listen. Jeez. Now in the past <laughs> few weeks, you just like stamp it on the, the, the punchline, Dvorak. Never mind. <laughs> Uh, now, in the past few weeks, the COVID Delta variant is reversing trends with hospitalization up and some locales and organizations implementing mask mandates. This fluid situation has everyone on the edge. Visitors and vendors and visitors alike are wondering what to do. MFJ canceled last week. DX Engineering called today and to cancel. But just as many vendors have called recently to say they are still coming. Uh, in an earlier post, the Huntsville Hamfest encouraged everyone attending to be vaccinated. We're going further in this post to strongly recommend for the sake of everyone attending and then going home to their families to wear a mask. Uh, yeah, comma, to wear a mask. This follows CDC guidance at this time. At this late date, the Huntsville Hamfest is contractually committed to hosting the show. The only reason for canceling would be a mandate from local or state government banning indoor mask gatherings. Uh, from the beginning of our planning, the Hamfest board has taken steps to ensure the safety of our guests. 12-foot aisles in an expanded space with hand sanitizer, social distancing signage throughout the hall will allow visitors and vendors to safely gather. We will continue to be the world's friendliest Hamfest, but without the handshakes and hugs this year. 73 Huntsville Hamfest board. Okay. That's kind of a weird press release. Yeah. Oh, well, it is what it is. So that's the Huntsville Ham Fest. And, of course, if you're listening to this on the day it was released, the QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo is still upcoming. It's coming up very, very soon. So if you want a ticket to it, a $10 ticket, you should go get one. I think it's 12-something now, isn't it? Oh, it's 12-something now because the early bird is over? I believe so, if I'm correct. But I could be wrong. So what is what is the actual link? Is QSO to, QSOVirtualHamExpo.com? Is that is that right? Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be in the show notes, but QSO today, ham expo.com. QSO today, ham expo.com. So yeah. the word virtual doesn't show up in there. Okay. No, it's in the title in the page that you go to. Yeah. And it starts in 21 hours from the recording of this podcast. Yeah. So, so be there. Cause we have so technically it'll start the day this is released. <laughs> and it costs $12 and 50 cents. Yes. Oh no, no, wait, wait, wait. It's still oh, ten dollars. It it's still ten dollars. Yeah, so I guess at five o'clock tomorrow it goes to twelve fifty. Ah, okay, okay. And, and yeah, twelve fifty the door when the expo opens. Our talk will be at eleven a.m. Central. That's nine a.m. Pacific, ten a.m. Mountain. Bill's time. Noon, yeah. Yeah. At noon Eastern on Saturday, Saturday, August the fourteenth. So. If you want to see our talk, <clears throat> that's when it will be. And it's one hour long, and it'll be live. Right. And it'll be on Zoom. So there you go. Yep. And if yeah, you want to participate, only, we highly encourage it. There's only two other um, talks at the time uh, that Which we are largely in competition irrelevant. with. <laughs> right. Contesting <laughs> the second step and yeah. DVB-S2 base transponder demo. So that, that that's our competition. So yeah, you nobody wanna, needs to go to you them, so see they need ours. to come talk to us. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And we're just kidding, people. Do not take it. <laughs> do not think we are crapping <laughs> on other presenters. <laughs> the last thing, <laughs> those of you that pay the ten dollars, yeah. You, those of you that get a ticket, you'll be able to watch them all in you know in the history channel, right. or whatever you know. Yeah. The, Right. after show playback so and at some point um, all of our listeners will be able to listen to this show because it will be released as an episode so <clears throat> yeah and since i think we're just releasing the audio we should be fine because he's he's holding back video 
basically okay. recordings, which ours is ours is different anyways. It's not like we didn't do a special talk. We're just doing a live Q and A. So, so right. nothing like we didn't create any special content. We're just doing it on the fly because right. we're special because we are what we are. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll we'll see how how it comes off we're gonna do a quick uh quick overview of free open source software for your desktop your ham shack and uh and then we'll just go straight into q a and hopefully that's all we'll do is just answer questions and and stuff like that and, and um because because um we are who we are and we do what we do and even though it's going to be sort of early in the morning if you want to bring some like really cool whiskey i'm, I'm not saying you can't <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere yeah that's exactly right yeah, we we have no problem with day drinking so nope. yeah especially not on that day yeah it's the weekend it doesn't count <laughs> day drinking starts yeah that's Whatever. only during the week when yeah. you're at work <laughs> all right very good so that's the qso today virtual ham expo we hope we see you there uh, for the Linux and the Hamjack Ham Radio Challenge this week, I put in Try Something Digital, also known as Fake Ham Radio, as Bill calls it. Um, you know, try something. It, it doesn't have to be digital that uses the Internet. It can just be digital. But try something like DMR, System Fusion, B25, NXDN, Australic, Echo Link, or something else. There's all kinds of digital technologies out there. Give one of them a try. Or try a new one. Try something you haven't tried. So there we go. And that means we're moving into this weekend in open source, getting out of uh, the clutches of amateur radio and moving into Linux and open source. And Bill is going to tell us about a new release of elementary OS, which he's been playing around and tell us uh, if you should try it too. Yeah, this is your district to try for this, uh, this weekender. And it's the elementary OS six Odin release. And uh, from the copy on the release, they say it's been a long road to elementary OS six, what with the whole global pandemic dropped on us in the middle of development, but it's finally here. Elementary OS 6 Odin is available to download now, and it's the biggest update to the platform yet. With OS 6, we're, oh, God, they're going to call it OS 6. We've uh, focused in on empowering you to be in control and express yourself. Express yourself. Okay. Anyway. Uh, continuing to innovate with new features and making elementary OS easier to get and more inclusive. Uh, improvements of note are the sexy dark mode, app center and flat pack integration, uh, multi touch, which is really slick. If you happen to have, you know, uh, you know, a trackpad or uh, something that handles uh, multiple finger input. Uh, they do that the three finger swipe. I'm sure some of you are familiar with that. If you have the that enabled on your Mac and a few other devices can handle a three finger swipe. Um, they have uh, an updated notifications uh, task item. They have the task app that they built for it, and so that looks pretty slick. Uh, they have firmware updates. So as long as your hardware is under the Linux firmware update project hardware list, uh, they'll they'll have the firmware updates in the update center and much, 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 much more. And we're going to take this for a spin on, uh, on LHS readiness. So be on the lookout for that. I'm, uh, I might be reinstalling all of my boxes here cause it is, uh, it is a uh, gorgeous. So <laughs> check that out for, uh, for your, if you're, your distro hopping, uh, madness on this fortnight. Sounds good. Look forward to review your review on the next episode. But with that said, let's move on to upcoming open source events. And unfortunately, August is apparently a really crappy time for open source events. There just aren't really that many of them. So most of these are later in September and actually into October, which actually makes my job a little bit easier because we can talk about these for the next month. 
Um, but we'll let Cheryl handle the open source events and uh, she'll tell you all about what's coming up soon. All righty then. Our first one is the Linux Plumbers Conference. It is September 20th through the 24th, 2021. It's online and it's $50. And no, this is not about flushing your toilet or plumbing your shower. It's actually a conference uh, for developers for the open source community. The LPC brings together the top developers working on the plumbing of Linux, kernel subsystems, core libraries, windowing systems, etc. It gives them three days to work together on core design problems. The conference is divided into several working sessions focusing on different plumbing topics, as well as a general paper track. A good topic will cut across community boundaries and should generate vigorous discussion leading to beneficial change. The second one is the Open Source Summit. It is September 27th through the 30th. It's online. The cost varies from $50 to $1,250. The information on that is the Open Source Summit is the leading conference for developers, architects, and other technologists, as well as open source community and industry leaders to collaborate, share information, learn about the latest technologies, and gain a competitive advantage by using innovative open solutions. Open Source Summit connects the world, excuse me, connects the open source ecosystem under one roof. It covers cornerstone open source technologies, helps ecosystem leaders to navigate open source transformation with the Diversity Empowerment Summit, and tracks on business and compliance. It delves into the newest technologies and latest trends touching open source, including networking, cloud native, edge computing, AI, and much more. It's an extraordinary opportunity for cross-pollination between the developers, system men's, DevOps professionals, and IT architects driving the future of technology. The last one is the Linux Security Summit. It is September 29th through October 1st. The cost, it's online. The cost of that is $50 to $250. The Linux Security Summit is a technical forum for collaboration between Linux developers, researchers, and end users. Its primary aim is to foster community efforts in analyzing and solving Linux security challenges. This year's event will be held in a hybrid format. Registrants could choose to attend in person in Seattle or virtually. In-person attendees will be required to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 and wear a mask while on-site at the event. Additionally, all attendees will need to comply with all on-site health measures in accordance with the Linux Foundation Code of Conduct. And like I said, those are over a month out, so that's just kind of the way the, the open source events are falling right now. August is apparently the time when everybody just wants to stay home next to the air conditioner and, and not do anything, so... So, so look for those. Well, in plus, mid-September. a lot of people are getting kids back in school. Well, that's true. I mean, there's there's a, any number of reasons not to have uh, conferences in August. But next for the Linux and the Hamshack Open Source Challenge, I put use a Raspberry Pi or other single board computer system with an open OS to do something useful or fun. And um, Bill and I have been sort of batting this around uh, a little bit over the past month or two, and. At some point, I will be doing, or we will be doing, rather, a deep dive into retro gaming because uh, it's something that I have been doing a lot, and it involves single-board computers and open-source software. It's really kind of a cool thing. So, you know, stay tuned for a deep dive into retro gaming if that's kind of your thing. Or even if it's not, mm-hmm. it'll still be interesting. Is, is it raining again? Is that coming through your microphone? It is pouring down rain. Yeah, I know, but you, and you're I not muted, right? Because yeah, you're you've got no, to, not uh, right now. Yeah, 
I, I can almost hear it louder through your microphone than I can, like, in real life. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's, it's okay. It's just, well, I, let's I, start I, talking about some food, then. Yeah, huh? let's start talking about food. It's, it's like rainy day food now, too. So what what do we have? For... I love a rainy night. Ooh. Ooh. I, I love <laughs> I love Eddie Rabbit, man. I'll play that stuff. Don't, don't, don't tempt me. <laughs> All right. Cheryl's recipe corner is upcoming. We have slid very sort of weirdly into hedonism, but here we are. It's a rainy night. And, uh, what do we got for good food to go with a rainy night? Well, this time I decided to share my recipe for Rangoon stuffed chicken. I decided to take off on a kitchen adventure last week and I mixed together some chicken and crab Rangoon filling. Uh, minus the crab, of course, which you could put crab in it if you wanted to. Uh, I'm pretty sure Russ liked it. Oh, this stuff is amazing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you've ever had a cranberry goon, you sort of know that like garlicky, seafoody, you know, uh, amalgam of, uh, you know, cream cheese and all that kind of stuff. And then if you stuff a chicken breast with it and then bake it, it just, it's, it's, truly transcendent it's really good stuff so there you go you got it straight from russ so in order to make this i use two boneless skinless chicken breasts eight ounces of softened cream cheese a half cup of sliced green onions two tablespoons of honey a dash of worcestershire salt pepper and garlic powder to taste and i i do everything by taste in the kitchen so you'll have to bear with me on that and just kind of add your to your liking uh, five eggs beaten, some panko breadcrumbs, and some Thai sweet chili sauce. Uh, I flatten my chicken. I mix together the cream cheese, green onion, honey, Worcestershire, salt, pepper, and garlic powder. I stuff the chicken breast with that mixture, uh, saving a little bit of the filling uh, to put on top of the chicken when it came out of the oven. I dipped it in an egg, dipped it in panko, dipped it in egg again, dipped it in more panko, so it was well-coated. And I baked it at, well, actually, I air-fried it um, at twenty-five for 25 minutes at 400 degrees. Um, I, I prepared mine a little differently than my recipe. I've, I've retyped out the recipe. So I think we could go a little, little less on the time for probably 20 minutes. Once it was done, I placed a dollop of the filling on top and drizzled it uh, fairly heavy with the sweet Thai chili sauce. So, yeah, so good. That, that, that was our dinner. Yeah. That little extra kick from the Thai chili sauce. Uh, yeah. That's the piece de resistance. So it's very good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay what what so, was that laugh for <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> i don't know that you ever get that excited about my food so but uh, do you see how fat i am and, i mean c- come on i mean i don't have to say it do i i mean I do. oh and you're so, you're going into one of my favorite drinks that no one knows how to make including myself well, here you go. Here's the recipe. No, I've seen the recipe, but it involves egg whites. See, that's the thing. Anytime, um, well, actually, does this one have egg whites? No, it doesn't. No, Singapore slings don't involve egg whites. I thought they did. I thought that was I, very- no. I no. I looked at like thirty different recipes because I thought they did too, and none of them called for egg white. Well, so uh, I don't know what I'm going to have to revisit this. There you yeah. go. So, so go ahead. Tell so, us about it. All right, so anyway, 
The drink recipe is the Singapore Sling, uh, which would be a great cocktail to go with your Rangoon chicken. You need one and a half ounces of gin, a half ounce of cherry brandy, a half ounce of, or excuse me, a quarter ounce of Cointreau, a quarter ounce of Benedictine, four ounces of pineapple juice, a half ounce of lime juice, a third of an ounce of grenadine, a dash of Angostura bitters, and some ice cubes, and an optional pineapple and or maraschino cherry for garnish. Put all, everything in your shaker except for your cherry and your pineapple um shake until chilled and we'll put it over ice obviously shake until chilled and strain it into a chilled glass like a hurricane glass um garnish with your pineapple or cherry and serve it cold so okay how did they i must have been looking at something else because i could have sworn a singapore sling used egg whites but uh apparently it doesn't but we also there's a couple of uh ingredients in there like well there's one ingredient in there benedictine which we don't have so right so maybe it is time to buy some benedictine so because okay. we have everything else we have cherry brandy we have quattro well we could use triple sec for quattro we can use grenadine yeah angostura bitters i think we have everything else just don't have benedictine so right next on the uh the booze list there you go. <laughs> All right, very good. So yeah, actually those would go really well together. A uh Singapore sling, which is like I said, one of my favorite drinks, but maybe I'm thinking of something else because like I said, I thought it had egg whites in it. So moving on, we come down to my drink corner for tonight, and somehow I went through my I went through the you know list of reviews that I've done, and I have not done this one, and I have no idea how I skipped over it. Um did, does anyone remember me saying I wasn't gonna review? buffalo trace because um, I, I don't remember saying i wasn't going to review buffalo trace but for some reason i haven't yet done it you've worked around it i, I apparently have worked around heavily it. yeah <laughs> and i have i reviewed other things that come from buffalo trace yeah for sure <laughs> but uh including the cigar right <laughs> uh well yeah. you haven't reviewed it uh, I, yeah you did smoke it i, I did <laughs> smoke it yes uh but for some reason i haven't reviewed uh, buffalo trace so let's go ahead and do that now uh, on their website, where they uh, get creative with their descriptions, they say, Ancient buffalo carved paths through the wilderness that led American pioneers and explorers to new frontiers. One such trail led to the banks of the Kentucky River, where Buffalo Trace Distillery has been making bourbon whiskey the same way for more than 200 years. In tribute to the mighty buffalo and the rugged, independent spirit of the pioneers who followed them, we created our signature Buffalo Trace Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. So, yeah, I guess so. I, I actually have two versions of it. I have the the stuff that just comes straight off the shelf, and I have a store pick. This is a review of the non-store pick. This is just the regular one, which you should be able to find pretty much anywhere at this point. It's it's uh it's an allocated bourbon, but it's it's not so allocated that you can't find it. Uh, the mash bill on Buffalo Trace is Buffalo Trace mash bill number one. They don't disclose their mash bills. They just call it mash bill number one and mash bill number two. Uh, the proof on it is 90 proof, 45% ABV. Of course, the distillery is in Frankfurt, Kentucky. It's a medium amber color. And one of the things about Buffalo Trace that most people will say about it is that Buffalo Trace sort of defines bourbon. If you find any other bourbon that calls itself a Kentucky straight bourbon, you can find most of the notes in those other things and probably other stuff as well that you will also find in buffalo trace so you could call it the the standard i guess of kentucky street bourbon 
I, I don't know if that's the right way to, to describe it, but it has all of those characteristics. On the nose, it has vanilla, caramel, cherry, a light citrus, dry grass, mild oak tannin, and clove honey. On the taste, it has honey, light spices, like, you know, kitchen spices, toffee, citrus, oak, and brown sugar. And the finish is actually medium to long. It's got a good mouthfeel. It's kind of oily, kind of keeps everything on the tongue and on the palate for quite a while. Uh, it has what you would consider traditional bourbon flavors like vanilla, toffee, oak, cherry, uh, maybe mint, and uh, some of the other things that are generally like if you see a tag cloud of you know flavor profiles of, of bourbon, uh, they're all in there. So it's a solid choice. It's allocated. It's it's not it's not everywhere all the time, but it's pretty pretty easy to find. And a fifth of it costs about twenty five bucks, so it's certainly super affordable. And if you uh, if you have it in your bar, like a bottle of Buffalo Trace next to a bottle of Jack Daniels, people will actually think better of you. So <laughs> you should definitely have a bottle. And at twenty five bucks, you really can't go wrong. Uh, it's it's not the best bourbon ever, but it is sort of a de facto standard of bourbon and as such i think it deserves uh, a 90 on the 100 point scale it's reasonably good it's reasonably cheap it's reasonably accessible and it tastes a little bit like every other bourbon you've ever had so <laughs> that's buffalo trace Kentucky but it's more bourbon. than it's it's more than just like basil hayden right where it's bourbon flavored Right. Nothing afterwards. Right. This is an actual Kentucky straight bourbon bottled at 90 percent. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's the real stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. Not not vodka with whiskey flavoring. So there you go. And Bill, do you have something for us tonight or no? Uh no, not really. I'm I'm doing that uh double oaked um heavens heavens something, heavens door. Whatever. Heavens door, yeah. The uh Yeah. Yeah. The Which Bob I already Dylan talked about whiskey. before. The Bob Dylan one, yeah, yep. Uh, just uh, finishing that bottle off, so I might. I'm slowly dwindling my collection down. <laughs> well, you Kentucky, know. which is sad. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to be doing with it. So, yeah, I didn't think it'd go so fast. Maybe there's something <laughs> well, wrong with maybe me. You should back the half <laughs> off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have these tiny glasses. I, I swear, I'm not putting more than I'm supposed to in there. So. Maybe I just get in seconds more often. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. All right. Well, that brings us down to the end of the program. We've gone through amateur radio. We've gone through open source. We've gone through hedonism. What we haven't done is talked about the folks who joined us tonight for the live program. We had Don KC9ZMY, Tony K4XSS, Bryce K0NYX, Darren VK6EK, Steve K7HBT, and John K1BTZ. Thanks, everybody, for being here. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate everybody who joins us on our social media networks, who supports us financially, and who just listens to the show and uh, all of our stupid antics every time we put one out. And we hope, if nothing else, you get a little bit of an education on something, you learn something, you have a little bit of entertainment, just keep coming back for the episodes as they come out. So with that, we'll go ahead and close this one down, say thanks once again. And we hope we'll see you around for the next one. This has been episode number 424, the 76th edition of The Weekender on Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The show is recorded live every Thursday at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord you can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW that's 1-909-547-7469 visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. <laughs>